Hello everyone, I wanted to take a few seconds to clear the air before we jump into this episode. Oh, I know, you're probably thinking, holy shit, something major happened, V is talking to us one-on-one, and nothing major has happened. I just wanted to simply clear the air with everyone. This was probably one of the most uncomfortable episodes I've recorded yet, and you can hear it in my tone. Moment of truth here. I laugh when I'm uncomfortable. So you're definitely going to hear a lot of laughter here. It may come across as inappropriate, but just know that I was having moments of discomfort. And mostly because I had to do a lot of reflecting on this topic and had to admit to a lot of things that I didn't want to admit to. Of course, nothing to do with my guest. My guest was pleasant and gracious and she did an amazing job and I'm so thankful that she was willing to have this conversation with me. So this disclaimer is all about me. All me. And also there are some environmental noises in the background so I wanted to apologize for that in advance. Um, There was some construction that was happening so please if you're able to kind of put that out of your mind uh please do so i thought about re-recording this episode but i like to deliver episodes and content to you that are real and raw and unedited so i decided to go ahead and release it anyway aside from all those those little disclaimers that i just gave this is a really really interesting conversation um and i i hope that it inspires and sparks listeners, you, your friends, whoever, to really reflect on our behavior and and who we date and why we date the people that we date. Okay, I am done. Enjoy. Oh, 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 wait, before you go, I did want to say some people have been asking me ways that they can contribute and, and help the podcast reach more audiences and there's several ways that you can do that Um, you can always leave a review on itunes that definitely you know of course makes the the podcast more uh, accessible to other people and if you'd like to contribute financially in any way send me a a dm on instagram or email at uh, grownconvos at gmail.com and i'd be more than willing and happy to share those different ways that you can contribute Okay, now I'm done. For real, for real. Enjoy. other guests though i'm like oh gosh (laughs) um okay so you're listening to grown my name is v and i'm your host each episode i partner up with a friend acquaintance and sometimes therapist to bring you a vulnerable conversation on an uncomfortable topic my hopes are to inspire listeners to open up similar conversations with others and fyi i'm not a therapist And in this episode, uh, we are talking about dating white men as a woman of color. 
very interesting topic. And my guest is Candice Demessa. Hello, hello. So Candice, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you and I met. So I am a professional actor and an author of a book called Birds of an Argument. And, um, and a podcaster and general doer of creative things. And you and I met, well, essentially online. Yes, Facebook. Yeah, which is like, yeah, the book of faces. And um, and I've been kind of watching the stuff you do, and I'm like, okay, she's this old performer, the creative. And then you posted a status about something, and then, like, we interacted. Yeah. And I was excited to meet up with you. And then I found out you were friends with uh, another mutual friend of yes. mine. Who was a new friend of mine. Yeah. And so we got to meet in person. That was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. That was kind of like serendipitous yeah the way that it happened i was like oh my god and so she's going to this party yeah yeah so that was pretty cool and i i i'm glad we finally got to connect um that way without it having i always feel like there's cool people i find on facebook and i'm like i really want to be their friends but like how do i do this without being like stalkerish or like creepy yeah. <laughs> so i'm glad that it happened the <laughs> way that it's yeah. like organically <laughs> somewhat organically um okay so this topic i'm pumped for it oh, oh, <laughs> i'm pumped for it so um Dating white men as a woman of color. I have a lot to say about this, and I'm also interested in hearing your perspective, um, your beliefs around it, your experience, because I, I kind of have a hunch feeling that we have a lot of similarities in the Latin culture and in the black culture mm. as far as dating white men right. go goes. Um, so for context, do you date mostly white men? Do I date mostly white men? Yes. If I were to look at my... The people I've actually dated mm -hmm. since for the last five years mm -hmm. uh, post divorce. Yeah. E yes, out of the four actual relationships, three out of the four have been white men. Okay. Yeah. Same. Same here. <laughs> uh, yeah, post-divorce, because I was also married very young. I, I got married when I was 18, uh, and I married a, a Mexican-American man. Mm -hmm. And, um, or Chicano, as we like to say in the Latin culture. Um, and I was married for about three years, and then was divorced, like, by the time I was 21. So, like, I got that out of the way real quick. It helps. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, of course, it completely just changed my entire perspective on marriage and, mm -hmm. and partnership and companionship and all that. But so then after that, I was, of course, completely jaded and tainted and was like, I'm only dating white men, like literally just grabbed a hold of all the beliefs that I was taught in mm -hmm. air quotes. I say taught because really I want to say brainwashed into thinking as right. a child uh, from my my mom mostly my mom and and most of the latin women in my family mm. um so yeah i mean out of the man out of the five relationships yeah five relate long-term relationships i've been in they've one my ex-husband was mexican-american and the rest were white wow. men yeah, <laughs> yeah so. my ex-husband is, is black as well mm -hmm. and um there is, a, there, and especially if you have a really negative experience mm -hmm, when you're mm -hmm. married, it does kind of 
kind of act as an incentive to go the extreme 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 yeah yeah very similar you know i see it in like a mutual friend of ours mm-hmm. also you know she she dated someone who was white and then yeah. has now gone the extreme opposite end as well so it's interesting to see that um okay so what has your experience been so far dating white men like in general and if you could simplify your dating experience and rate it from a one to ten what would you rate it (laughs) so first first if you want to start with rating it and then like go into like what your experience has been in general okay this is oh my god i feel like all of my ancestors are like waiting for (laughs) these non-european ones which is like 70 percent right um if i were going to rate it i would rate it pretty highly probably probably a seven or eight Oh, wow. Yeah, that is high. Because of, oh, it's tricky. I need, like, multiple metrics. Like, a seven or eight as far as... And you can, yeah, go into that, because I'll I'll do the same. Okay. Like, cultural, that's an issue, that's a difficult issue for me, is that I date white men because of a cultural affinity, so people expect that because I'm black, that I should have everything in common with every black person. But I'm a California girl living in the South. Mm-hmm. And so the people who most resonate closely with the things that I really want to do or my worldview or my interests happen to be white people. Mm-hmm. And if I could find someone black in the South who resonated as closely mm-hmm. and had more than two options, mm-hmm. you know, um, that might work. But sometimes blackness isn't a strong enough connection to build an entire relationship. Right, yeah. And so it just happens that like these white men have had a lot in common with me and our and the emotional availability of white men who've grown up in two parent households who basically have like the full privilege of manhood and whiteness mm-hmm. um, means that they're not as in my experience the ones that dated are not as triggered by you're straight as a woman right and I've, I've felt more free to be that with them yeah because yeah, they're not as emasculated by that yeah because they're white men like yeah mediocre and still be fine and still be on top of the game yeah Yeah. um but when it comes to race and like talking and like that level of i want to come home and i might want to talk mess about white people because i had a really tough experience today i'm still going to do that (laughs) yeah and um there is a lot of teaching that you have to do regardless of how progressive they are there's still like teaching them how it how you need to be supported as a person of color or specifically like my cultural group mm-hmm. or me specifically and that can be exhausting and then you find out that like you're actually not as progressive on issues which is always to me comes yeah up. yeah you're not as progressive on issues um, as I would like and we have a lot of talking to do and that's difficult those are difficult conversations. have you ever dated a white man that has surpass your expectations in those areas in that regard i did mm-hmm. i dated a um and well most of them are pretty progressive racially. Mm-hmm. yeah but one of them in particular he was so immersed into and i'm gonna say black culture but i'm not meaning it the way that people think like music and right you know entertainment in the scholarship of like black right. scholarly literature, black intellectual academia, scholar, yeah, and um, read all these books. So he purposefully would teach in areas with black students. He was choosing to place himself to give this information to other black kids, 
and all the time we have to talk about issues regarding like the black experience and one day I said I'm tired of talking about this all the time like I don't get up every day and be like sister what are you doing for the struggle today right yeah and he had to correct me he's like you don't have to talk about it but this is my life yeah and I don't this is me and he's like the women who raised me the women that his mother was he presents as white his mother's actually um, a Chicano woman Mm -hmm. and his father is white Mm -hmm. and I guess so that kind of effect because he didn't actually grow up I guess in Chicano culture right yeah presents white you kind of lives identifies that way yeah semi as white but um the people the women who inspired him and raised him and groomed him were black women yeah and so he's like I'm not black but this is where I align right so that was interesting like he corrected me like no this is what I talk about so Awesome. I mean, awesome that he could speak to that, you know, because a a lot of people, you know, a lot of white people, you know, there's that hesitancy of like, well, I'm white, so I can't, I can't contribute and I can't, you know, be a part of trying to learn more because I'm white and I'm not going to be accepted. Right. So like, that's, that's interesting that he... And, and yeah, I, I can see like why he felt comfortable to do that because he was raised by by black women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you have that, I think it's easier for sure. Like I grew up in a neighborhood where it was 50 percent um, populated by black people and then populated by Mexican people as mm. well. So there was that, you know, yeah. that crossover. So I, I didn't actually like really see a white kid until I was like nine <laughs> so yeah. that was really interesting for me. So I was just like, "What? I thought there was only Mexican and Black people in the world." Okay, so yeah. Oh gosh, I gotta give my answer now. Um, I'm gonna rate it a six. Okay. My my dating ex- experience dating white men. I'm gonna rate it a six and. Like you said, you know, different metrics for different things. Um, I'm going to say six predominantly because most, well, all of them, all four of them, um, were very financially stable. Uh-uh. And um, I tend to attract way more conservative people than myself. That and I think it's because they want to not be conservative. And so then they see me and they're like, oh, like, there's this fiery, creative person that I want to be like. And so, and then once, you know, we get into a romantic relationship, we start butting heads a lot because I'm too free-spirited and they're way too conservative. But I'm going to say a six because of the financial stability aspect, which is what I was taught as a child. Like, you need to date a white man because he's going to be financially stable and he's going to take care of you. Literally. I mean, those were the words that were said to me as really? a child. Yes. And so um, it took a really long time to, like, unlearn that yeah. for myself. And but as far as, like, yes, comparatively, I would say the white men that I've dated have been way more emotionally available. Yes. However, misogyny was still very high, mm. very, very high amongst the white men that I dated. But it was also because... They were super conservative. Got it. Yeah. Um, so, I f- you know, 
I, I know white men who are super liberal and are and aren't as misogynistic. You know, I feel like there's a little bit of misogyny in, in all of them, right. just like naturally because they're men. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did notice that um, the people that I dated, there's been just a very common thing throughout all of them that there's still a lot of verbal abuse really? that happens no matter what what um yeah what what race i date doesn't matter if it's a man uh. <laughs> there's a lot of verbal abuse that's happened and i don't know if that's just you know part of the misogyny that comes right. with it right like um but yeah so a six i would say a six in general <laughs> so that's been yeah i was right i was like what would i give it i was like yeah six it's a tricky one yeah um all right, so next question. Is your attraction to white men there because you've been told or culturally taught to find them attractive? Or is it a genuine attractiveness? So you you spoke a little bit about it, about, you know, feeling connected yeah. to white men a little bit. So could you expand on that? So I, I'm a black studies undergrad. And I studied a lot about race relations and historical, these historical cycles of oppression. And, you know, and you end up really basically like always constantly decolonizing your thought patterns and thought systems. Nobody ever explicitly told me to date white men. Mm -hmm. My family's pretty open. Um, some of them I've dated interracially, but nobody's ever married a white person in your family in my family okay and they're all pretty i mean you know kind of well-to-do people and it just never happened it's not even something that we've ever really talked about mm -hmm. um but i mean I, the first guy i ever had a crush on at like four was patrick swayze and dirty dancing yeah so i'm sure the media has some impact on that yeah i always assumed i would be with a black man i could just never assume mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. any differently yeah um Oh, did you grow up with two parents? No, I didn't. Okay. Um, and my father is a Haitian immigrant. And on that side, most of them married other Haitian okay. people. But, um, yeah, no. So then when I finally did date white men, it was a pretty big jump. But I did wonder, like, I used to say, like, oh, people who date white men hate themselves. People of color. They, wow. They internally hate themselves. And was that a belief that that came from you or that you heard from someone else and adopted into your belief system? It was like in college, my college studies, which is like when you realize how much internal internal hate we have because yeah. of the media, because yeah. of not re lack of representation right, yeah. and all the subtle ways that racism exists mm -hmm. and white supremacy exists, yeah. you do internalize a lot of that and you do kind of subtly hate the way that you look or the way that you present culturally. Um, I recognize that. So when I wanted to date white men, I was like, I hate myself. Like if I see people who only prefer white partners and they're not white i say well what's your issue with your mom like is your mom not good enough for you mm -hmm. is your dad not good enough mm -hmm. for you yeah do you did you have a bad relationship to them because how do you despise the the roots of you know of who you are mom? yeah yeah but i kind of recognize that wasn't true because when i check in i don't i don't hate myself I feel right grounded in my culture but i also don't want to be limited right it. yeah so i don't know that i 
I'm conflicted. I don't know. I'm sure that the media has influenced you influence some. Influenced for sure. Yeah. Because there is some things like, well, white men wouldn't do this to you. White men wouldn't do that to you. Like some kind of stereotypes. Right, yeah, some stereotypes. But in my experience, those stereotypes are true as well. For the most part, yes. Yeah. And, of course, there are still... There's things. The exception. Yes. <laughs> right? The exception. So, it is tricky, but I will admit, and this is hard, that as much as I hate it, there is a little bit of a positive stigma to being like, I am a white man. Like, I, you can move in different spaces. People look at you mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit differently. Like, oh, she's good enough to be with yeah. a white man. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's the similarity that I think I was thinking of or that I kind of had a hunch. I was like, I bet it's the same way because it's the same way in Latin culture. Mm-hmm. You know, like... I was taught from a very young age before I even was aware of partnership and romantic significant others that being with someone who was just lighter skinned Mm -hmm. was a success. And so like, I mean, I grew up on a really tiny farm in Mexico with my grandparents and my cousins and, you know, um, it, w- it was just a topic of conversation, right? The older, my older cousins, my older friends there, it was always like, oh, no, you need to date a widow or a weta, which yeah. is like someone that's white-skinned. And then coming to the U.S., right, once I was a little bit older, right, it, it was like I started to kind of get those messages verbatim from my mom, right? right? Like, you know, and this is something that her and I still have conversations about to this day where it's like for her in her mind, like being white is the best thing, mm. right? Like being white American is the best thing. And I'm still trying to get down through the root of her of like why she hates Mexican culture so much. Right. And I understand that it has a lot to do with her upbringing, her being poor, right? And alcoholism being very prevalent in her family as well and like the emotional and verbal abuse and even physical abuse sometimes so like I think it stems from a lot of that and so I think her instinctual reaction was just to move far away from that as possible and like go in the opposite direction and um you know my mom has cleaned houses her entire life and so she only got to see the surface of what these white homes were and so then you know, didn't even doesn't even know what happens behind closed doors, but like the surface is pretty and it's nice. So this is what I want for my daughter. Right. And so then it it started this very confusing path for me of like, okay, I have to be white, and I have to assimilate into white culture if I want to be successful. And then once I hit fifteen, sixteen years old, all of that started to get challenged, right? Because I started. I would skip school and I would go to Barnes and Nobles and just like read because <laughs> I was like, I'm not learning anything here. Um, you know, I started to read a lot more and started to realize sort of like, wow, you know, what I've been taught or what's been, you know, what I've been brainwashed to think right. is not really true. true. Yeah. So I feel like I was pretty aggressively taught that white culture and white men was what I needed to aim for. That is so, yeah. <laughs> I, which is so funny. I think if I came home to my mother with a white man, I, I, I think she'd be like, okay. But it's interesting that black culture has such a relationship with whiteness that I get a lot of shit. I've gotten a lot of shit 
from friends for dating a white man but black culture has an obsession with light skin Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's like it's a double it's this weird relationship to whiteness like, well i would say any culture where you have color right? where people of color exist there's this 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 desire to be light skinned right look closer to white but don't be white yeah <laughs> it's an interesting message right which is why i think well yeah because i mean even in latin culture it's like you still have to be a proud Mexican and you right. still have to hold on to your Mexican traditions to call yourself Mexican. Right. But you should look white you should look and you should white. date white. Right. <laughs> so it's like so hard. <laughs> so hard. Um, and this was the next question, essentially, you know, have you experienced any negativity dating a white man from family, friends? So you said from your family, you don't think you would or you haven't in the past, but from your friends you have. Is there a specific instance? When I started to date black men again, and it was like a conscious choice, Mm -hmm. um, I told my friend, and she's like, what is he? Because, I mean, at this point, nobody ever knows. They're like, who he he knows where he's from? And I said, oh, he's black. And she said, okay, can I be honest? She says, I've been praying for you to get rid of all this, like, dating white men stuff. Like, she literally told me, she's like, I've been praying for you to find a black man. And I am, I am continuously told this by my friends, uh, women friends, male friends, because they're like, you're too good of a woman to be with someone white. Like, you need to be with someone black. And, and that was funny to me, because when I was dating this guy, and I was really hung up on him, they didn't say anything. But as soon as he was gone. He's gone. They're they so quick. Like, okay, we're <laughs> glad he's gone. And that sentiment, I mean, I feel conflicted. I feel like when you look at, black women's rates of getting married, they're pretty low. Mm-hmm. And um, right up up there with Asian men. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like cultural and, and, and stereotype factors that kind of make dating black women seem very undesirable. So you have a lot of like really educated, really great black women who are without partners. And then black women tend to date interracially the least of all ethnic groups in America. So my dating white men wasn't, as much like I'm only going to date white men as it was like I am open Mm -hmm. to whoever values me right and um and I don't think that a white man can value me better than anybody else can but I know that in the spaces like theater I encounter many more white people Mm -hmm. many more white people who understand my lifestyle right yeah as far as being an artist or a creative and that's a privileged thing because many people of color like you don't have those like, yeah, yeah, like, exactly. You know, like, oh, you're an immigrant, and we came here for you to do be art. an artist, exactly. No, it's not <laughs> a viable option for you. Yeah. So I get it. You know, like some of these like luxuries or privileges that whiteness is more closely associated with. Um, but I have gotten shit from friends, and mostly from from black culture. Not is it predominantly people. black your black women friends or black male friends? All of them. Yeah. I, I was actually oh god, okay. I was actually in London. Uh-huh. Went to see a guy that I was uh, we had, you know, some kind of a relationship. And while I was there, I was talking to a, a guy friend of mine, and he says and I had him on speakerphone, which is a bad choice. And he goes, <laughs> Can I say bad words on your Yeah, of oh, course. He's like you're over there getting that double oppressor dick. Which is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. But he was on speaker. He was a white British man. He's like, well, okay. 
it. Um, I've gotten accustomed to it, but I do think it doesn't always mean what people. For I'm not denying that for a lot of Black women, it does mean that they really do want to distance themselves mm-hmm. from blackness. Yeah, I do believe that. A yeah. lot of Black men too. I just prefer white women. Why? Yeah, you because you have a negative view of Black women. Mm-hmm. But I also myself kind of can tell other people and understand like I'm very rooted in myself, mm-hmm. and this is just. I want to be loved. Yeah. And I want to put my vagina whatever I want to put it on. Exactly. Somebody's like, I'm going to I'm going to do that. Right. Waiting for my black prince, which I'm still waiting, but like if he doesn't come, I mean, you know. Yeah. No, I get that. Bob is fine too. So now I'm sorry. And I'm not saying all white people named Bob. There's lots of names, Brad. I mean, there's a lot of Bobs. I've dated a lot of them. Don't write me letters. Um so now, like, do you navigate yourself a little bit differently if you happen to be dating a white man and you know you're going to run into, um, you know, your black female friends? Do you already know, like, oh, I'm going to this party with Bob and, like, I'm going to have to, like, you know, navigate differently or not really talk too much to my friend, you know, Michelle, because I know she doesn't support me dating Bob, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to babysit you. Yeah. Like, get in and get in. And if you don't, I don't really want to, like... So is that a determining factor now as far as, like, dating a white man? Like, okay, you have to be able to, like, hold your own if we go out to the club or to the bar, which is predominantly black. Yeah. And um, at this point, I'm kind of like... People of color, we're so used to being... In, in white spaces yeah. so much. You're just used to it. Yeah, yeah. Navigate. Assimilate. And, <laughs> like, you know, like, okay, I need to keep my volume down. I can't talk with my hands here because people are going to think I'm being dramatic. <laughs> yeah, you're just so used to it. It's not even, like, sometimes you don't even think about it. You're just like, yeah, I'm the only person of color here. Yeah, okay, typical. But they're not. White people are not really accustomed to that experience. Yeah. Often. And so they make a big deal of being like, I was the only white person. You're like, okay, get over it. Like, this is... <laughs> Um, and so I think I'd have to be with somebody who they have to navigate that with grace. Mm-hmm. And I want to go dancing, and if you don't dance, maybe we don't go together. But like, yeah, you have to kind of, yeah, yeah, put okay. that out there. Yeah, it's it's interesting to hear you say that because in my experience in the Latin culture, dating a white man mm. is never a bad thing. Really? Never. What? Never. Get out. No. So you get a little bit of kickback from Latin men, mm-hmm. but you get so much support from Latin women. Are you serious? Yes, like so much support. Like, I'm, I'm it's, it's very interesting. Really? Yeah. So I kind of knew, I was like, I was talking to my friend yesterday. I said, I feel like, you know, there's, you know, black women will probably get a lot more slack about dating white men than I do as a Latin woman or like in the Latin culture. Yeah. So it's like, because you're just seen as like, you've made it, you know, like good for you. Like that's good. Oh man, I get a lot of like, girl, I can't do it. I can't do big penis. I get a lot of that. Like a lot of like questions like, is it P? Really? 
most uh, most majority of the black women I know are just like I just can't. They're not attracted. They mm-hmm. really want a black man, mm-hmm. but they're also single because the dating pool yeah. doesn't favor us. Well, it's not, there's not too much emotional availability in the Latin culture either, as far as men goes. Yeah. So it's like you know a lot of women feel alone and disconnected, even though they've been married for 20, 30 years. Yeah, <laughs> because it's not there. Um, as far as interracial dating, okay, we talked a little bit about how you navigate public spaces, right? Is there a learning that you've recently discovered in the last three to five years as far as dating a white man? Hmm. I'm coming to terms with what I need. I really had a turn in, in my thoughts about interracial dating during when Sandra Bland yeah. was murdered. Yeah. I said murder, but because I meant that. But because um, it being so close to where we are in Houston, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, I know racism exists, and I'm very aware. But being from California until my mid twenties and moving here, the South definitely has a different relationship to uh, race and you know segregation that I didn't grow up with. Right. And when Sandra Bland happened, I could feel the culture of this area kind of shift. Yeah. And after that, there was just so much of a safety of being in people of color spaces mm-hmm. that I really embraced. And so now in dating interracially, now I consider that this relationship will have to have a lot of room for blackness. Yeah. A lot of room for blackness. And in spaces you may not ever get access to. Yeah. And before, I might have tried to bridge that gap. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not really interested in bridging that gap, which is I'm black, and if I want to be in an exclusive black space today for safety, I'm going to go, and you may not come. But also, I need those safe spaces. Right. And you are not that safe space or race. Right, yeah. And I think that will be the difference, and I wonder how that will play. Um... In terms and of is that going to limit, yeah, is that going to limit your dating um, as far as interracial dating goes? I would hope none of it's lit. lit. <laughs> of course, <Yeah. laughs> we're hopeful. <laughs> the truth is, yeah, because so much of um, just where we're at, like culturally right now, is such a interesting time that like now some things that we're not that were maybe permissible with like, oh, it's a teachable moment are now non-negotiables. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, the fatigue. Yeah. Emotional labor is, there's a limit. (laughs) There's a limit. And I'm still going to have to labor with that issue. Right, yeah. Labor here. Right. But um, it just, I guess, person to person, I'd have to consider what the trade-offs are. Like, if you're very emotionally supportive and you're really in tune, would I be willing to spend more of that emotional labor that I'm not using in other areas in this area. Right, yeah. I might be able to. And then, you know, dating people in your culture also comes with so many issues as well. So Yeah, of course. At this point, dating is just trash. I mean... Big message, I think the older I get, the more I realize how hard dating is. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for all this background noise in the background. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's ambient noise. Enjoy the ambient noises. <laughs> it's the new soundtrack for Grown. <laughs> yes. Um, so what I've learned is that 
no matter who I date, my family, my friends will always have something to say about them, whether they're white, whether they're Mexican, whether they're black, whether they're Malaysian, whether they're Korean, whatever, like they are just always going to have an opinion about it, Um, whether it's good or bad. And at the end of the day, what I'm just really interested now and what I really stand for in myself and in my friends, it's like date whoever treats you the best. Like it doesn't matter what they look like right now. Like if he's, you know, oh, he's physically doesn't compliment you right like who the fuck cares like does he treat you right is he emotionally available right and do you look at him or or her and like want to rip their clothes off like yes then date that person right like if there's something missing like it's not emotionally available you're not that sexually attracted to him then i'm probably not going to advocate for that relationship which is so much simpler it is i mean it's been very difficult with my mom, right? Like, I'm, I'm usually always hesitant to kind of introduce her to people that I'm dating because there's just so much critique and mm. so much that she's not willing to herself just be open to, to like, discovering why she feels a certain way. Um, so I've, I've dated several black men in my life, and, like, her immediate reactions are just very negative right. because, I don't know if you know this, but in, you know, in Mexico they're very racist against black people mm-hmm. and so i didn't actually know that until i dated the, the first black guy i ever dated and my mom was just like like a rabid dog like literally was just like why i don't understand why you can't just date a mexican man and i was like whoa i was like mom you're racist and she was like, I'm not racist. I'm like, then what do you call, what do you call what you're doing right now? Yeah. Like, what do you call that? It's not love. <laughs> like, yeah. And like, where does that perspective come from? And I was like, that is wrong. And I'm going to date whoever I want. So you're just going to have to deal with that. Yeah. And because of this, like, I'm not going to introduce you to people that I date. Mm. And so it's been it's been a, you know, my mom and I, we're getting a little bit better. We're, we're having a, a better relationship now, but it's been tough most of my life because I'm just the, and, but I am a product of what she, she built. Right. Like she wanted me to be very independent. Mm-hmm. She taught me to find answers mm-hmm. and she taught me that, you know, if I don't know how to do something to teach myself and once I find how to do something a better way, then do it the better way. So, like, she taught me how to be who I am. (laughs) So it's like, this is what you made. And, and, you know, and now you're having a difficult time, like, accepting me for who I am. So, yeah, it's been been some lonely moments there as far. And so, like, I don't have someone to go to as far as, like, talk to me about relationships. Talk to me about, you know, what it means to have, like, a good, healthy partner in your life. Same. Yeah. Yeah, that's a – not about race, just in general – my mom's not been, we don't have a relationship where we actually talk about. And anytime I mention, like, I've been married, I have two children, and I don't like being single, and people are like, oh, well, you should just be single. It's like, you also mean I am doing the labor of, of a whole village by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't prize that strong black woman narrative at all. Yeah. I need help. Yeah. And I should have help. Most yeah. cultures, like, they would facilitate yeah. some kind of support system for me. Yeah. Parenting. And, um, but whenever I'll tell her, like, um, I would like to be in a relationship, 
it's almost like a shameful thing for her to hear or like she makes you feel that way i feel shame yeah it took years for me to be able to even admit that i want a partnership and i don't want to do this by myself yeah because as, as black women all you see are like examples of women who are like they did everything i worked and i went to school and i raised you mm-hmm. and you can do it too yeah, or you should be able to do it too yeah the norm of what right. you should do Well, yeah, it's not what you talk about <laughs> to oh, anyone. <laughs> yeah, the mental health strain, the physical right. health strain. And, you know, there's there's a very similar thread to that in the Latin culture as well. Because in the Latin culture, it's a faux pas to remarry oh, or and date. I like once you've been married and you've had kids, essentially been used, like you don't go out and put yourself out there. Um, and it, it's different, you know, if you're like further down Mexican-American, but I'm first generation Mexican-American. Oh. And so like being so close to very traditional Mexican values and perspectives, you don't do that. And so like once you once you've chosen to divorce, you've kind of, you're kind of like you're wearing the scarlet letter, essentially. Wow. So it's like you shouldn't date. Uh, you shouldn't be talking about dating. You like. Yeah. And if you do, you're just kind of seen as a loose woman essentially Ooh. and so like you talking about wanting a partner and like needing help it's it's not supported it's like if you're divorced now and you're a single mother then you got to do this on your own yeah, you and you can that. you can ask other mexican women for help other latin women for help but not from a man so it's it's super isolated i mean i see that all the time yeah, and so, like, I've never really heard my mom ever, like, support any of her female friends as far as, like, yeah, you should go date, you should get out there and, like, find someone that supports you emotionally, and, like, it's more, it's more like you need to make money and, like, maybe just find someone that can give you money, but not, and, like, nothing else is talked about. Right. <laughs> like, none of that, so it's just very, very interesting to kind of, hear those conversations happening at, in the background as I was growing up um, so there's a lot of shame that happens in the Latin culture when, when marriages don't work out wow. yeah so that's yeah I, and, and it was really interesting seeing my mom because she was married for 25 years to my dad and then they got divorced and like her dating was such a secretive thing it was so secretive like the entire family when the entire family found out she was dating someone they flipped their shit really? they were just like how could you oh. and like there was like a lot of arguing between her and her sisters and no yeah and so it was just like it was bad i had no idea about that yeah yeah, it, w it was interesting. And then, um, and so she like, she never opened up to me about it. And then she got married and I never even found out <gasps> until after she got married. And I was like, you got married? And she's like, yep. And I was like, oh, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, I don't have to tell you anything. I don't need to tell you anything about my romantic life. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, I was like, mom, I don't care that you got, like, it's not yeah. a bad thing that you got married. I'm just surprised that you wouldn't tell me something like that. And so she was like, she like barked at me for like a good 10 minutes. And I was like, okay, there's obviously something going on there where she feels like I was going to shame her for it. Yeah. But it's because she's, she was shamed by everyone else in her family for it. So, yeah, so. it's very, it's, I mean, the, the Catholicism belief system is <laughs> so rooted, 
so rooted. And she's not even Catholic, but it's it's, the it's there. Yeah. It's in the culture. Um, all right, we're wrapping up here. We just hit 40 minutes, which is cool. Um, is there an area within interracial dating that you feel there's still some growing for you to do? Growing for me. highlights some of the nuances of my experience growing up black in non-black spaces and they weren't white spaces they were just I, I grew up in a Mexican immigrant neighborhood I went to a school that was predominantly Asian mm-hmm. overwhelmingly oh wow that's interesting yeah um, we had a, our school had a sister school in Taipei so I grew up with oh, like cool. South Asian and Asian people and then when I did get you know we switched churches then I was around a lot of and so um, I do find that there's this like I basically believe that we're all white supremacists mm-hmm. in some aspect of yeah. recovery We've, uh, yeah I get that and, and sometimes dating white people or my proximity to whiteness puts me back into that line of how I want to be seen in the world and what that means when I'm under white gaze mm-hmm. And am I am constantly having to ask, am I cutting off a piece of myself? Am I editing myself for, for better access or more acceptance? Um, am I being authentically me? Can I be, can I articulate blackness in whatever way I want to without feeling like I can't do it without them viewing me as a stereotype? Is that my labor? Is that my burden? Yeah, should is I, that I is that my responsibility? Right. <laughs> like, it is a constant check. And, um, and then you don't want to go over overboard by being super whatever that is just to, you know, overcompensate for the feeling of insecurity. Mm-hmm. But it does highlight some insecurities of that, this constant check. Like, am I living in this double consciousness of being black and now trying to, you know? Um, I hate that it exists, mm-hmm. but it does. Yeah. And I would, um, and so at some point I even stopped dating white men altogether. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to deal with <laughs> right. But I think it's an important conversation to have and like with myself and really come to terms with is that if you are going to date white men, you'll have to be very, very clear on your identity and how it evolves and doesn't evolve or yeah. when and where and what triggers this feeling or what doesn't. And um, that's a conversation that is discomforting, but needs to continue to happen. Yeah. And so you feel like that's essentially what you need to do if you continue to date white men yeah. is having those conversations beforehand. For sure. To number one, ensure that I'm not dating white men for any, you know, for any sense of like self-esteem mm-hmm. or because I'm dating white men to reject black men. Right. I don't ever want that to be the case. I have black sons. I don't ever want to date white men. And the reason being is because I say, well, I'm tired of black men doing this. That I don't want that right, to be yeah. part of the choice. Yeah. And um, and and those things can creep in, and so that um, that inner dialogue is something that I want to continue to have and grow with. Which mm-hmm. is like, mm-hmm. how do you conceive of whiteness? How do you conceive do of you, blackness in contrast to whiteness? Do you feel that you're able to have these types of conversations with within the black culture? 
Yes and no. Mm. Yes and no, because I often feel like, I often feel like a lot of, in the conversation about interracial dating, we Mm -hmm. only talk about race, Mm -hmm. cultural differences, but not cultural differences. Right, yeah. If I grew up in Southern California, and a white person grew up in Southern California, and then I date a Southern black man. Yeah, that's different. The cultural difference between so me different. and this black man may be larger yeah. than the cultural difference between me and this white man. Right, yeah. We have a similar background, similar worldview that's informed by this geographic location. Area, yeah. Yeah, similar referencing and upbringing. And I think that sometimes black black people, we consider blackness like a monolith. Like we think it's all the same. The same spectrum. <laughs> And even though we say it's not the same, we're different. Sometimes then we talk to each other, we assume like it is, yeah. that it's all the same. Yeah. And I want a backpack, you know? <laughs> Do you want a backpack? No. Well, Chad may want a backpack. <laughs> I want a backpack. Uh, no offense to Chad out there. You'd be coming all colors. I support you. It's those things, you know? Right, like, yeah. You want to meditate. Uh, and, and I think that's a conversation I want to have with other black people is like choosing people who match our worldviews and cultures and knowing that culture may not be. And emotional expectations. I yes. feel like that is not specific to a race. It's, yes, it's, it's not. not. And so, um, and I feel like so much of it is about self-hate and so little about finding a partner who matches, who's a partner, who can you can build something with and what those requirements are right someone who empowers and lifts you up and sets you your soul on fire rather than oppresses you right. and emotionally manipulates you and wants to keep you in a little cage right or it means that i hate yeah i hate other black people yeah i um i was thinking about this question and i think for me the thing that i still need to work on is communicating with my partners up front you know if my partner because it's mostly white men that I have this issue with is that they're super attracted to me and I uh have this tendency to make myself available to just them in the beginning like too much Mm -hmm. and then I kind of lose a little bit of my identity because I'm just catering to them trying to make them feel comfortable trying to make them feel cared for and then six months to eight months later down the relationship I tend to be like okay like I'm stepping away from you now for a little bit like I'm gonna go be myself and then they see who I am and then they don't like it because I'm Latin and I have very Latin mannerisms of like hugging and kissing on the cheek when I say hi to someone. Mm-hmm. I talk with my hands a lot, right? And like in this last relationship I was in, like he, my ex would get upset whenever I would use my hands to talk. Yeah. I was like, stop that. Like people are going to think we're having an argument. And I'm like, I'm just Latin. This is how I talk. Like right. I talk with my hands. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't change that. It's a part of me. Like, yeah. And, he, and he's like, I'm just uncomfortable with when you kiss people on the cheek and you say hi to them. And I'm like, they're my close friends. Like, I don't just randomly kiss people mm. on the cheek. Like, I do it with my close friends. And so, like, I think making sure that I show who I am early on and communicate that early on um, is super important to me because, yeah, I, I, I don't want I don't want to be paired up with someone who doesn't accept me for who I am. Right. And then, like, making room for that to exist early. Which is, that's, that's, a, yeah, that's a learning curve. That's a learning curve. It's like <laughs> I want you to relate to me, 
and sometimes we relate on these cultural things that are not that are like more closely aligned to whiteness Mm -hmm. and then when you see that like oh i have black things yeah you're like what yeah yeah (laughs) but then but then like i attract these men because they're like oh you're spicy because you're latin and then my spiciness comes down they're like oh no i don't like it too much too too spicy spicy. can i get mild spicy and it's just like no you can't get fucking mild spicy like you're just gonna get what comes out like you get what you get Um, so yeah, so like now I kind of get a little triggered whenever I hear, so like this guy that I'm dating, he said something about, he meant it jokingly in a cute way, but I was triggered immediately and he saw it. So, and I'm glad he saw it, but he was like, yeah, I see when V gets spicy and I like it. And I looked at him and I was like, I was like side eyeing him. And, and then he like went outside and then came back into the room and he's like, Hey, um, I noticed that after I said that you looked a little upset did I offend you I'm sorry and it was just like an, oh my god okay like he, he gets he gets it he can see he can see and he's making himself emotionally available to have a conversation with me about it and so I was like okay I may keep you <laughs> yeah. it, I mean the willingness on their part to learn mm-hmm. I think that's a thing of if you're gonna date like for white people who date interracially mm-hmm. you have Especially mm-hmm. if you date someone who's kind of proud and like a little more culturally aware. Yeah. You have to be willing to get checked. We're going to check you. Yeah. Like, it's going to happen. Yeah, it will. It will happen. Yeah. It will happen, guy that I'm seeing, if you're listening to this. <laughs> and it's interesting because he is Mexican-American. He's Chicano. Mm-hmm. So he's so whitewashed, like so whitewashed. And like he's even said it himself, you know, when we were seeing each other in the beginning, he was like, I'm learning so much about Mexican culture. He's like, I, you know, my, my family's Mexican. I'm Mexican American, but like, this is a lot of Mexican yeah. <laughs> I'm being exposed to right now. I was like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we have anything else to say for listeners? Anything about the topic or anything about you in general? If you want to make any, any plugs. <laughs> You're like, so I'm always single. I'm always single for now. <laughs> um, but I, I I think, yeah, I, I just really, at the end of the day, hope people are pursuing partners that they can be whole mm-hmm. humans mm-hmm. with. And if that, some, for some people, culture doesn't matter as much. Right. But for those of us who it does, I don't think it should exclude you from interracially dating, especially white people. Yeah. Um, but like like you mentioned, like it's important to like know that it's okay to make that space. Right. For that to exist, you know. Yeah. Man, I just had a thought too. Like I would love to have this conversation too with someone who's uh, a part of the Indian culture. Because that is <gasps> oh. like... <laughs> this may be a part two. Yeah. Oh my. Oh, yeah, I'm really curious about that. Yeah, that would be really interesting to hear too, because that's like a complete opposite spectrum. I feel from what I've heard, yeah. it's really what your family wants. From what I've heard, it's like they are like within our ethnic group and then within our religion. Like if I'm Hindu, you don't date a Muslim, mm-hmm, or a Muslim mm-hmm, guy. Mm-hmm. And then if you are jumping outside of all of that. It, then there's a hierarchy, which 
is like white and black. And engineer, and doctor, lawyer, right? Like there's three occupations, essentially three career paths that you can date. Right. And then it starts to get tricky. And it sucks because with, with the Asian community as I know it, they really want them to date someone culturally. Mm-hmm. But if they're not, okay, fine, they can be white. But they definitely can never be black. Not Mexican either. <laughs> not Mexican. No. Like, can you even like pass them by like, oh, they're, they're Indian. You know? <laughs> Are they Muslim? <laughs> they could be, you know. <laughs> My mom, but he's a black Muslim. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so that kind of sucks because you're like, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, hopefully, you know, if someone's in the Asian culture listening to this, inspires some conversations, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to come onto the podcast to talk to me about it minimally, I would love to have that conversation with you. Um, all right. So, how can people find you? I am on the interwebs uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Candice, C A N D I C E D M E Z A. Candice Demeza, and on Instagram at C-A-N-D-I-C-E-D-M-E-Z-A, Candice Demeza. I, I remember it, Candice, like I think you said on one of the one of your podcast episodes with me. A can of dice, A can of dice. That's just gross. It is, it is gross. Um, great. Do you have any upcoming shows or anything you want to mention? I do. I am in a production at the Alley Theater in Houston, Texas. It's called Skeleton Crew by Dominique Morso, and we open, actually today is our first preview. Oh, cool. And we run Tuesday through Sunday until October 7th. And awesome. And you can check that out at Alley Theater. It's the fancy theater, T-R-E, T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org. I'm going to have to come and check that out. Yeah. Excited to see you. All right. Well, thank you for being on Grown. Uh, listeners, you can follow along on Instagram and um, t- take a peek at my guests. Um, I usually tag them, so we'll have to take a picture here soon. And um, please leave a review on iTunes. It helps get the podcast out there. And um, my Houstonia event is coming up next Saturday on the 15th um so I'm excited for that it's gonna be a short podcast recording it'll be about 20 minutes um and I have my guest Gina Magana who is going to be uh with me talking about fear and she's a very interesting person I'm excited to get to know her more and uh, she's an anthropologist or her background is in anthropology um specifically like Native American tribes and things like that so I'm excited to to talk to her about fear um and what else that's it all right peace out Uh-oh, you nothing. Uh-oh.